Welcome to the UP Tech Talk podcast, coming to you from the new Academic Multimedia Studio on the University of Portland campus, produced by Academic Technology Services, with your hosts, Maria Erb and Sam Williams. Welcome to the UP Tech Talk podcast. Today we have with us um, Melanie Gangle, the program manager, and Krista Hill, the program assistant for the Accessible Education Services. So I wanted to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sam. And it's so nice to have both of you here today. And we've heard that there's new training available for faculty. Can you tell us something about that? Yes, absolutely. Um, the uh, advisory committee for accessible education services, which is made up of um, the provost and Dr. Green, as well as um, the associate deans for each school and college, um, had asked accessible education services to provide uh, training and outreach to uh, specific faculty around specific accommodations for students um, that they could use in their classrooms. And um, and, uh, Academic Technology Services has been a wonderful partner in that process. um, And we've had very uh, positive feedback from faculty about the training that we've been able to provide. And so the training, um, and I would say it's been great you know, co-facilitating in a way with um, AES, mm-hmm. not to be mistaken for ATS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we were so collaborative that our names are very similar. <laughs> yeah. So we're eventually morphing together. Um, but the the training that you're providing um, has been very beneficial to my team as well, because not only are we pro- answering questions for, for faculty and looking at um, what needs to happen and the changes that possibly need to take place in the classroom or captioning a video, video, and we can talk more about that. But it's also we get to understand how people are using the classroom. Mm-hmm. And I know I've walked away from those trainings going, I would not have thought of that. And so now this is brand new training um, that is being offered to faculty at the university. And this past fall was the first um, session I believe. And so can you kind of give us an idea? So you brought us all together to the table. Can you kind of give us an idea of what one of those training sessions looks like? Sure. So with the training sessions, we, um, for the fall meeting, we looked at kind of specific accommodations for particular disabilities um, and for, to really address and kind of hone in on on things. What that does is inviting faculty to attend, other staff members um, to attend, allows you to sit around the table and look at, you're all in this together. There's not just, you're not one person trying to do all of this, that we each have a small part in our energy and our strength and together can make a lot of differences and change. Um, Melanie, I don't know if you have any Thing to add with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it has, um, as as both of you have said, it's been a great opportunity for us all um, to learn. I too have learned um, about some um, technology, new technology that's available um, in the classroom for faculty to use that benefits all students, um, especially um, certain populations of students with disabilities. Um, and uh, it's been a great opportunity to delve deeper into how faculty can plan ahead um, and uh, quite easily 
um, utilize some specific strategies that make a huge difference in the learning opportunities and the access that students have um, to the learning environment. Um, An example is we've been talking about um, uh, accessible um, uh, listening and uh, captioning um, and ways of of making um, the auditory learning environment um, more accessible for um, students. So we've been talking about captioning for video. Um, We've also been talking about simple strategies like um, ensuring that faculty are facing the class when speaking um, and even when notating on um, uh, whether it's an Elmo or a um, a, a tablet. um, uh, And that's where ATS has come in with some of those um, opportunities. Um, But we've brainstormed how... Um, can the faculty member continue to face the classroom, which is really important um, for specific students with hearing impairments, but also for a lot of other students, whether it's um, needing to pay attention, um, needing uh, t- students looking confused, and the faculty member being able to clue into that a little earlier. Um, and so there have been really great opportunities to um, help improve the learning environment for everyone. One, I know one of the takeaways I had from that particular one, because I hadn't thought about um, just presentation etiquette in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get to necessarily present. I, I'm not in the classroom daily. And so one of the ones that was interesting is just the ability to be able to be facing the students at all times and, and what technologies that we might apply to that. And of course, then you start thinking about all the presentations you've been in and somebody turns their back to you and are mumbling towards the board and you're like, what did they say? Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just, it is proper etiquette Mm -hmm. to be facing the audience while you're talking. And so some of the things that we've looked at are the multi-touch displays. So if we have faculty that are listening to the podcast, um, we have installed planner or I believe they're planner displays. I could be wrong on the exact brand, (laughs) but um, there are multi-touch displays that were installed in, I would say, 85% of the classrooms on campus were working on the remaining um, classrooms. So that way you can annotate directly onto the display. And so that allows you to progress through your PowerPoints. That allows you to write on a PowerPoint slide or on Excel or Word, directly annotating on the screen itself while you're looking at the students. So instead of um, having your back to the student and writing on the board and talking, you can actually still face the student. This can also be accommodated with an iPad, with a Microsoft Surface, or the Elmo. So there's some people are like, I will never use um, a mobile device ever. And so we really wanna make sure that we're providing a classroom that has that flexibility. So we do have the Elmos that you can turn on It projects in the room, and you can put a piece of paper underneath and be facing the students and writing. So definitely there's opportunity for different teaching styles, I think, with the different technologies that we're trying out in the classroom. Um, And since we have people's attention, if they want to learn more about that and want to work with somebody on the classroom technologies, they can contact Ben Kahn, who's our academic technology specialist and trainer at Kahn, K-A-H-N, at up.edu. So I'll throw that plug in there. Um, so yeah, so, so that's my long kind of thing on the, (laughs) on that part of it, but what are some other, what do you think are some other, um, takeaways that we've had from that training? 
I think for me, the takeaway, I, I interact with students every day in establishing and kind of getting their accommodations started. So it's putting them in motion, keeping them going um, from semester to semester. And my takeaway really is that small effective changes happen when I am aware and I recognize, can I do this differently? How is someone else interacting with this or responding to me? Um, Things like um, when we talk about captioning of videos, um, if you were to turn the sound off, if your speakers don't work on your computer, you can't participate in and what's going on in the video. So why captioning is important, not just for those who may be hard of hearing, but for those who struggle to learn audibly or maybe don't have speakers. Uh, you know, it, it's things like that to look in my everyday life. Um, and I think those are great takeaways. Um, and another one for me was we're not changing everything all at once. Um, it, it doesn't work that way. It's probably not going to happen that way, and it's way more overwhelming um, in that to think of it that way. It's just one small thing to recognize one thing and and attempt to change it, seek out help from other people. So those were takeaways um, for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I would um, also add that, um, uh, as you had mentioned, Sam, Um, Many of the things that we are talking about, strategies, technologies available, um, use of certain pedagogical um, uh, strategies are um, certainly specific um, in terms of need for one student, say, with a disability in the classroom, but more and more, um, it's really important that all of us, and certainly the students, um, most importantly, that we're teaching are learning these strategies. These are necessary in the business environment, um, certainly in government. Um, you you won't see um, any television programs, for example, without captions available. It's required by law. Um, so certainly any students going into the communication realm need to know um, how to use captioning. Um, and uh, I mean that's just a small example. Um, so the more that we can all learn about um, these opportunities for increasing the accessibility of the learning environment, the benefit is absolutely to perhaps the one or, or handful of students in the classroom um, with a specific immediate need, but the benefit also is for all of us and for all of the students that we're teaching. Um, And uh, uh, it's wonderful to have the leadership and guidance of the AES Advisory Committee um, really asking AES to um, make these opportunities more available to faculty. um, And we we want to um, provide these training opportunities um, for all faculty it's often most effective when we're talking about a specific student and we're talking about a specific class um, because that is just um, more hands-on in terms of looking at applicability. Um, 
but I, we certainly invite faculty to contact AES as well as ATS um, uh, if, if you are, are wanting to look at a particular course and how you might be, be making it more accessible. Um, and we're very glad to do that. And um, the advisory committee has also asked us to do that. So um, you can also talk with your um, associate dean as well. Um, if you have ideas um, or, or questions, um, and um, your associate dean uh, certainly can provide leadership and guidance around this as well. It sounds to me like what I hear both of you saying is we're really moving towards a universally accessible classroom, accessible to, to all learners with all styles. And as uh, Sam is pointing out to me, you know, students don't always ask, right, if they need as a specific accommodation or they need to have something presented in a certain way. And a lot of times you're not even aware that, you know, you as a learner may need to have something presented in a different way. But I love this idea that we're moving towards this classroom that's that's just going to be so much more accessible to, to everyone here. Absolutely. And, and you make a great point, Maria, that um, the student may not always ask. I, I think um, we... We like to think that a student will always be a good self-advocate, and um, we in AES talk about that all the time, and it's very important that students do advocate for themselves and their needs. And at the same time, all of us work with students, and we, we know that um, there can be many different reasons students can be shy. There's a recognized power differential, of course, between students and faculty, and that sometimes can prevent a student from asking for something that really might help them in the classroom. And so by making th this um, a more universal framework and um, working incrementally um, uh, toward um, a more accessible environment for everyone, it um, it, again, it helps all students. It also um, helps send a welcoming message to students so that um, if a student does have a need, um, that hopefully they may feel more comfortable approaching the faculty member and, um, and talking about that. And again, AES is always available um, as, as questions come up. Yeah, and it's not just the you know undergrads that we're talking about. I mean, I'm a graduate student, and I'm in class with certainly lots of other adult learners, and um, I can see that there's a lot of shyness still. It's not like it goes away you know, mm -hmm. when you graduate, and a lot of uh, not wanting to hold the rest of the class back, or what if I'm the only one who you know maybe needs to have something you don't you know, and you know that time is valuable in the class. So um, this is just going to help all across all fronts. Yeah, and I would say as an adult learner, you're probably, um, even though you're a more savvy consumer, hopefully, um, I, I think that you might get more people that are a little bit more apprehensive um, to necessarily have that the conversations. And really this, you know, depending on who's listening to the podcast, we really we just want people to understand that there are ways to create accommodations in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And that we have teams that are working together here at the University of Portland to try to find solutions as much as possible with our current infrastructure, but then planning for the future of our classrooms. And it really takes this faculty input um, that I, so the even though these are very targeted trainings that are happening at the, typically the beginning of a term, at least that's kind of been what's happened. And it's been wonderful. Uh, myself and Ben Kahn have attended um, the, the last two. 
And but really that insight for us and being able to bring that back to um, information services and saying, hey, maybe we should change this about the classroom. You know, we it really helps bring that full loop in there that I think has been missing in some of the conversations. So I there is a myth though. So on the technology side on captioning that I kind of just want to wrap up with. I know we're at our, our 15 minute mark with the mm -hmm. podcast. Um, so there was an email that was put out that um, the provost said all video must be must be captioned on the campus. We do definitely encourage all online video to be captioned. Um, this is something that we're passionate about here at the university. We want to make sure that everybody can participate in our content. So if you would like to know more about how to um, caption your content, please contact um, Brian Cutler, um, and it's Cutler at up.edu or Ben Kahn, so Kahn at up.edu, and they'll be able to help you with getting that content um, captioned. When really you want to think about that is um, if you cannot determine the audience for your video, caption it. So I mean, it's kind of a, a very simple rule of thumb. Um, and so there was also talk that went around that, um, you know, made it sound like captioning was going to be this giant hurdle. And it really is not. We, so ATS, so the other um, A in here, <laughs> so academic technology services will be paying for the captioning of that content. And so really it's just about understanding how you can order those captions. And we've got a new process in media space and we'll be putting out some training in the spring where it's a one-click order. Um, so you create your content, you upload it, you click the bo button that says order caption, and that is it. And so we're trying to make it very simple for ordering captions, and I just want to make sure people understand that we're working hard to try to remove barriers, um, that, or at least perceived barriers, um, mm -hmm. for creating accessible content. So that's my little spiel at the end here. So I don't know <laughs> if we have any t final words from AES. I think one thing from AES would just be um, thank you to our faculty um, for all the work that they do to provide accommodations for um, the students here at the University of Portland, for attending uh, the training sessions, for rethinking um, their classroom um, kind of design and management and course content. Um, it's, it's a lot of work. We know, but we also see how um, the students really appreciate those efforts. And so um, I don't want to walk away with them thinking you should do all these things when I, I know many, many, many of our faculty are working so hard to provide services to our students, and we just um, are grateful for them. Yes, and, and I, I would echo that, um, that the... Um, th you as faculty are the heart of our institution and um, and all that you do for students is um, is already uh, what sets the University of Portland apart um, and the, the amazing support um, and uh, individualized um, attention that you give to students um, is uh, is just so important for students um, and what we're talking about here yeah is just about moving forward um, as education becomes more technologically um, oriented um, it's it's important that we're all 
um, together in the learning process. And um, so, so yeah, I would say thank you, faculty, and, and we look forward to being a partner with you. And I will say we're blessed to work with some amazing faculty, just to echo that even further. Mm, um, absolutely. That's one of the things that keeps me here at the University of Portland is just the way that we're able to collaborate together. And I would like to thank AES for the great collaboration mm -hmm. with ATS um, <laughs> and the wonderful work that we get to work on together and just, you know, finding ways to find solutions in the classroom. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the UP Tech Talk podcast. Just a reminder that we post a new podcast every Friday morning, and you can find us at techtalk.up.edu.